what's up? Welcome back. You are listening to the Systems Made Simple podcast. This is episode 123. And today's a really special episode because a few weeks back, I taught a live workshop on one of my most requested topics, streamlining your calendar. And so today I'm going to show you how to stop overbooking yourself so that you can free up time and mental space on your calendar and in your life. But Even more importantly than that, I'm going to show you the real reason why you're stuck in the overcommitment cycle in the first place and how to break it. That's all coming up next, so stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for one thing, helping overworked entrepreneurs like you learn how to run your business like a true visionary leader. Because when you get the right systems, support, and structure in place, you can spend more time in your zone of genius. So if you're tired of listening to today's business influencers teach the same old worn out marketing strategies that aren't making you any money, it's time to take a look under the hood of your business and fix the engine itself. Because the truth is, you don't have to work as hard as you are right now to scale beyond six figures and create the greater influence, income, and impact that you deserve. The secret to scaling starts on the back end of your business. This is the Systems Made Simple podcast. I want you to be honest with me. Do you struggle to say no? Are you afraid of missing out on opportunities that could maybe potentially at some point down the road grow your business? Do you initially commit to something and then looking back, you regret it? Are you one of those people who opens up your calendar, looks at the week ahead and just feels this gigantic knot in the pit of your stomach because you see that you're booked back to back and you feel like you just have to brace yourself to get through the week, to even make it through the week? Or how about those times when you really want to cancel something because you committed to it and now things have changed and you really don't want to do that thing anymore, but you feel like you can't say no or back out because that would look badly on you, that would reflect badly on your business because you were the one who gave your word and committed in the first place? I hosted a training recently where I taught seven tricks to stop overcommitting because as business owners, we are busy. And in today's day and age, we are busier than ever. There are things that happen so quickly. In fact, my team tells me all the time, they're like, we're really good at pivoting. And I'm like, yes, we are. Because there are, it moves so fast. Business moves so fast in this day and age. But here's the thing. Learning how to get really good at protecting your time, at cultivating that trendy catchphrase, work-life balance, which really boils down to how well you hold your work-life boundaries. Let me say that louder for the people in the back. The real truth about the matter is, it is not about how good your time management skills are, or how well you can time block, or how well you curb distractions. Sure, all of those things can help but they are crutches. They are band-aids. They do not heal the real issue, the wound itself. Because the key to stop overcommitting is to first figure out why you're overcommitting in the first place. And inside of today's episode, I'm going to show you how. Let's roll the tape on that training right now. This is something that is so important for us as business owners to understand is not only how to best manage our time, 
And we'll talk about what that even means here in a minute. But how to put boundaries and structural limits in place on our calendar, on our schedule, so that we're not overbooking ourselves, so that we're not overcommitting, so that we're not feeling overwhelmed all of the time. Because chances are you didn't get into business for yourself to feel overwhelmed or to work harder than you did at your full-time job before you became an entrepreneur. I know I didn't. And for me, I remember the early days of my business. And I remember how frustrated I would feel that I was working so hard and not seeing results, not seeing my email list grow, not seeing the sales come in consistently. And it felt like I was putting in so much time and effort. And there were many times when it crossed my mind, when I was like, is it just easier to go get a job? Because I certainly didn't work this hard at my old job. And I had a regular paycheck and things were great. And of course, if you're an entrepreneur, then you know that that really isn't an option. You're not going to just go back and get a job. But at the same time, it really is important that you learn how to run your business like a business. And this is one of the problems that I see in the entrepreneurial space is that people come into business for themselves with the employee mentality that they had working their nine to five. And so they apply those practices and that mentality to their business. And the truth is that just doesn't work. And so you have to start thinking like a business owner, like a true CEO and running your business that way too. And there's a learning curve there because we didn't learn this in school. Nobody taught us how to do this. So a lot of this you figure out as you go. So hopefully what I'm about to share with you today, when it comes to actually managing your calendar and structuring your calendar in such a way that allows you to have the free time that you need to spend on the things you love or with the people that you love, and also enough time to get to what you need to get done and to even know what's truly important so that you're not feeling so bogged down in the busy work, this is an essential skill in business. And you won't be able to get very far without developing this skill. So chances are right now, you're someone who works hard. You feel like you pour everything you have into your business, into helping others, into doing whatever it is that you are here to do. And chances are because of that, you might be feeling burnt out. You might be just feeling like, oh my gosh, there's never enough time in a day to get to everything. There's a backlog of stuff that I need to get to that I can never put a dent in. It only seems to grow instead of get smaller, no matter how hard I work. And quite frankly, you're feeling overcommitted and overbooked. And you look at your calendar and maybe you just look and see like, gosh, there is just no space in here for me at all. And I'm going to walk you through how to streamline your calendar. But before I can do that, I have to say that this is really important. Pay close attention because all the hacks in the world will not help you if you don't understand the root cause of why you're stuck in this cycle of overcommitment in the first place. So let me explain. And to explain this cycle and how you get trapped in it, I have a story for you. So in the morning, I usually do my meditation. This is before my son wakes up and I purposefully get up at 5 a.m. so that I could have a quiet minute and five minutes to myself in the morning to just close my eyes and breathe. And I try to pay really close attention to what thoughts are going through my head whenever I'm doing that meditation. And I had a thought that occurred to me 
a few days ago. And I've been in this season in my business where I've really been looking at where can we cut expenses? Where can we streamline? We're kind of, all of us as a team have more work than the hours we have available. So we're trying to cut back in some areas so that we can add hours and add time in other areas to really focus on what needs to get done. And so I had this thought and it really just came out of nowhere. And I was like, oh my gosh, Courtney, you're the one that is holding the team back. You are the one that is bottlenecking everything because it's not so much a matter about cutting expenses. Yes, certainly I can do that. And there are places we can cut back. But I was like, Courtney, if you would just not say yes to so many things, then all of this extra work wouldn't be generated. And therefore the team wouldn't be backlogged. You wouldn't be backlogged. We wouldn't have this problem. So one of the fastest ways that you can begin to streamline is to simply say no and to be very mindful of what you choose to say yes to. And it's easier said than done, I know. And I'm going to walk you through some practical steps today to do that. But it dawned on me, I was like, it is not my team's responsibility to clean up the messes that I am making by overcommitting. And by saying yes to too much, there's so many things. I see opportunities everywhere. And sometimes it can be really hard, especially for those of us that have a lot of interests. We're very outgoing. We like to be involved in a lot of things. It can be tough for us to say no, not because we don't want to, but it because we don't know what to say no to. Everything looks like a great opportunity and we love what we do and we just want to do it all. So if you are like that and you're watching today, I'm talking to you because especially for you as a multi-passionate, learning how to say no is such an essential skill. And the way that you achieve work-life balance is through work-life boundaries. That's the only way. So when you begin to think about work-life balance, I want you to begin to look at it through that lens. Work-life balance boundaries? Where do I need to put some external limitations in place so that on an internal level, I can thrive, that I can feel happy, that I can feel fulfilled, that I can feel like there is breathing room for me in my life. So before any of these calendar hacks that I'm going to give you are going to work for you, there's some groundwork that you're going to need to do first. And so the first thing that you need to do is to assess your current commitments through something I call a light and heavy filter. So you're going to look back. I want you to think about the past two weeks. And looking back at the past two weeks, what are the activities that you have done? Make a list. What are all of the things that you have done the past two weeks? Events you've gone to, calls you've had, appointments, meetings that you've had, work that you've worked on at your desk behind the scenes, what are all of those things? And what I want you to look at as you're writing is I want you, and in fact, do this, draw a line down the center of your paper and on the left-hand side, write light. And on the right-hand side, write heavy. So looking back over the past two weeks, everything that lit you up, everything that gave you energy, things that you really enjoyed, write all of those on the left-hand side of your paper. And then on the right-hand side, you're going to write down everything that drained you. Everything that you sat there and you were like, oh my gosh, I just, I just, oh, you felt so much resistance to doing. Chances are you're going to have a lot more on the right-hand side than on the left-hand side. But the purpose of this exercise is to help you begin to notice where your time is going right now. 
And so where did you say yes these past two weeks when you really wanted to say no? And what did you say no to that maybe you really wanted to say yes to? I can tell you that when I sit and do a podcast interview, that time evaporates. I am in such a flow state. I can finish that episode and I am on cloud nine. I love it. It gives me energy. It lights me up and I feel so enthusiastic about it. Versus sitting here behind the scenes, tinkering with a web page or a landing page or putting stuff inside of the courses and creating content or downloads, that stuff drains me. That stuff is not my zone of genius. I do it, but the purpose of this is to figure out where the bulk of your time is going because we want to create more of a balance there because when you have more of the activities that light you up, You are going to feel more fulfilled. You'll feel more satisfied in the work that you're doing. Yeah, the other stuff will be there, but either A, you won't be focusing on it as much, or B, you'll recognize what you need to delegate and get support with. So this is a really, really important exercise. So take some time after listening to this episode, if you're listening to this on the podcast, or if you're joining me here on Instagram Live today, take a minute after watching this, do that exercise and really figure out where your time's been going. Okay, so once you have this list, there are two things that need to happen next. First, you need to become hyper aware of what's draining you. You're going to become really aware of what you've said yes to that you really wanted to say no to. And your only job over the next two weeks is to practice saying no. And this can be so hard. I know. Because if you are someone like me who has a history of people pleasing, saying yes is your default. Saying yes because you want people to like you, saying yes because you don't want to feel that feeling of rejection and someone getting upset with you because you said no, saying yes to please others. And so in the past, I had a phrase that I would say when people would ask me something and it was just literally just to buy me time. And I would say, let me think about that and get back to you. And I like that phrase. It works. It worked for me for many years. And then a couple of weeks ago, I was in session with my personal trainer and he's like, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they had a really great suggestion for how to buy time like that, but in a way that really acknowledges and respects the person who's asking. And so he shared this with me and I loved it. And I have been practicing it since then. And it's very simple. It's just When someone asks you, hey, can you participate in this online summit? Hey, can you come on my podcast as a guest? Hey, can you meet me for coffee for such and such purposes? Whatever it might be. Hey, can you hop on a call with me? I want to talk about your program. For any invitation that you get that is not like an immediate hell yes for you, all you have to simply say is, wow, that sounds like a really great opportunity. Wow, thank you so much for thinking of me. Let me check my calendar first and just make sure that I can make that work and I'll get back to you. And so it's similar to what I used to say, but what I really like was that part in the beginning where it's like, thanks so much for thinking of me. Like that really does sound like a great opportunity. And you're acknowledging the other person. You're acknowledging the opportunity or the invitation that they're extending to you. But you're not just knee-jerk reaction saying yes, or you're not being dismissive or ignoring them and just trying to like hope that it goes away, you know, and they'll circle back to you like another email like, hey, did you get my email about this? And you're just ignoring it because you don't want to say no, but you don't really want to do it. 
It's a perfect response for those kind of situations. So the next steps, I mentioned there were two things that need to happen after you make this list. That's number one, saying no to things for the next two weeks using one of these phrases. Pick which one you like the best. The second thing that needs to happen is that you need to begin working on your identity. The identity that you have right now that is attached to saying yes. This is so critical. Right now, your identity is attached to being someone who says yes to keep others happy. And so an identity statement, an I am statement, might sound like I am someone who says yes to keep others happy. Now, you might not consciously think of this, but it's unconscious. It's in the back of your mind, and this is what's driving your behavior. So what happened, What has to happen is we need to shift that. And we need to shift that from I'm someone who says yes to keep others happy to I'm someone who only says yes to the things that I truly desire and have the capacity for in order to keep myself, my family, and my team happy. And all this does is it begins to shift on an intrinsic level your response when you're approached with opportunities. And so if you're someone who prioritizes your family, if you value your family or your personal time or your team's time, you value the happiness of your family, yourself, and your team, then being a person who only says yes to the things that you truly have capacity for, that becomes part of your identity. And then that guides your behavioral response. That makes it easier to say no to the things that you actually don't have the capacity for. And it allows you to be honest with yourself. And you will feel so much more aligned and fulfilled and happy because you won't be overcommitting. There won't be this low-level underlying resentment for you saying yes to something that you really didn't want to say yes to in the first place. Does that make sense? Are you with me? If you're watching this live with me on Instagram, just drop an emoji in the comments. And also, if you have questions as we go along, please feel free to ask because I'm going to save some time at the end where we can chat about that. So those are the two things that have to happen once you make that list. Saying no to things over the next two weeks using one of those phrases that I gave you and then working on shifting that identity. So instead of saying yes to something, you're now just going to say, wait, I'm someone who only says yes to things I actually have capacity for because I want to keep my friends and my family and my team and myself happy. That's what really matters. Then and only then can we begin to put some structural limits in place on an external level. So we've talked about kind of what has to happen internally. So now let's talk about what has to happen externally. So how do you put structure in place so that you know when you've reached your capacity and you don't overextend yourself? So how do you know what structure to put in place? How do you know when you've reached your capacity? Because a lot of us don't have clear-cut guidelines on what our capacity is. And here's the thing. That internal shift that we just talked about, that's going to take some time. That is not going to happen overnight. That's going to take you repeatedly saying no and repeatedly practicing saying no and doing it in a respectful way, but saying no and holding your boundaries. It's one thing to have boundaries. It's another thing to hold them. So until then, we've got to put some external structure in place, some external limits. I call them structural limits. And this is where we get to your calendar. So 
What I want you to do for me first and foremost before anything else is I want you right now to take a look at your calendar. Open it up, whatever you have to do, take a look at it. And I just want you to check something for me and make sure that you have seven days in the week. You do? Just like everyone else, right? Seven days? Okay. So next I want you to double check and make sure that you only have 24 hours in a day. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Just making sure we're on the same page. All right, so now I want you to consider what responsibilities do you have in your life right now that are non-adjustable? Things that you cannot move around. So for example, for me, this for you might look like family needs, it might look like relationship needs, it, maybe you're caring for a parent, whatever it might be. For me, it, it's my family. So I am unavailable from six in the morning till 8.30 when I drop my son off at school because I am full-time momming at that point. And I'm not available from 2.30 in the afternoon until 9.30 at night because I pick him up from school and I'm back on mom duty and family duty at that point with our evening activities, dinner, bed, bath routine, all that kind of stuff. So that's not adjustable. Like I'm responsible for my son. That is time that I have to be present with him, which means that work for me has to fall before six in the morning or between nine and 2.30. So on average, that's about five and a half hours a day. I choose to take weekends off. In a different season of my life, when he was home with me full time, I was a mom Monday through Friday and I worked on the weekends. Well, now that he's in school, I work during the week, I'm off on the weekends. So you have to figure out what your current family situation is. But already you can see, just in this example, there is a limit there, right? I only have five and a half hours a day. Now, what about the actual work activities that you focus on within that time that you have? So that's the first step is figuring out how much time that you have available. And then the next step is figuring out, okay, what are the actual things that I am currently saying yes to working on within the time that I have? Because chances are you've got a to-do list a mile long. I know you do. And you also probably go to bed at night with only a few things checked off, if that. And you feel like you're spinning your wheels every day, not really accomplishing anything or moving the needle. And I have so been there. I have so been there. And I know how frustrating that can be. So most business owners don't understand the difference between working in your business and working on your business. Working in your business is the day-to-day -day stuff. This is the stuff that typically bogs you down. Checking emails, replying to messages, creating content, working on back-end stuff like for your programs or your courses or doing sales calls. All of these things are working in the business. Working on the business is when you're spending time in the role as visionary leader of your company and you are spending time planning for the future of your company, you're spending time putting systems in place to streamline your work, to streamline your processes, your team's processes. But systematizing your business is so key. So I just want to make that distinction between working in your business and working on your business. So you need to figure out the majority of what you're saying yes to work-wise. Are you saying yes to the day-to-day -day stuff? And is that why you feel like you can never pull back and have time to focus on the bigger picture stuff? Because if you don't make time for the bigger picture stuff, you're never gonna be able to focus on it. <laughs> That's the bottom line. 
And so what you need to do is figure out, gosh, if I'm saying yes to all of these things, waking up first thing and checking email and letting that be the way I start my day, then you can begin to restructure how you're spending the available time. So the first step is just getting an awareness of it. And so the concept that I love to use for my calendar is something that I learned from my dad And he learned it from Dan Sullivan, who if you've been around the entrepreneurial space for a while, you might've heard his name. He's the founder of The Strategic Coach and he has programs all over the world. He's like this big guy that talks about systems and structure and all of these things. And so he learned this concept of buffer days. My dad came home one day from one of these Strategic Coach conferences and he was telling us, he wasn't actually telling us, he was complaining to my mom about how he didn't have enough buffer days in the week. And me as like a little, you know, 11 year old or whatever, I'm just sitting there at the table, like minding my own business, but actually listening to what they're talking about. And my dad was just complaining that he didn't have enough time to get to everything he needed to get to in his business. He was so bogged down with the client work that he couldn't actually have quiet focused days to focus on the other stuff. So enter the concept of buffer days. So buffer days is simply a day where there's nothing scheduled. No calls, no podcast interviews, no sales calls, nothing. It is blocked off on your calendar. Now, when you put these days in place and how many you put in place is up to you, but I recommend a minimum of two. So maybe you have your buffer days on Tuesdays and Thursdays, which is time for you to pull back and focus on the visionary leader aspect of your business versus Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where you're kind of front-facing, you're meeting with clients, you're doing the work to move the business along, the day-to-day stuff. Maybe it's the opposite. Maybe Monday, Wednesday, Friday are your buffer days and Tuesday and Thursday are your forward-facing days. I like to back-end load my week, meaning that I have my calls Wednesday through Friday and leave the first two days as my buffer days. Other people like to front end load their week and have the last few days as buffer days to wrap up the week for the week ahead. So you just have to figure out what works best for you. The point is to block off a minimum of two days every week for you to be able to focus on the stuff that you haven't been able to get to because you've been so busy in your business. So does this make sense? Because I know without a visual, sometimes it can be hard to wrap your mind around. I know I'm a very visual person. But I do have a template that can make this so easy for you and you can literally just plug and play. So if you want that template, then click the link in the show notes and we'll send that template to you. And so here's the thing. When it gets down to the nitty gritty, I'm going to give you the easiest calendar hack of all. You ready for it? Let someone else manage your calendar. I know, I know that wasn't the calendar hack you were probably expecting. And I have not gotten to the point where I have completely handed my calendar off to someone else. I'm at that point where I am like ready for it. But if you're the type of person who maybe you don't have someone to hand it off to, or maybe the idea of letting go of control of your calendar is a little too much for you to swallow right now, then the second best option is to use some sort of calendar software like Calendly or Acuity. We like Bookify and plan in these buffer days. Schedule yourself off on those days so that people can't book calls with you on those days. And so for me, this might mean I have those first two days of the week blocked off and then the last three days are open for calls. 
For you, you might block off Monday, Wednesday, Friday, whatever it is, but block them off so that people literally cannot book. From this point forward, they can't even book a call with you on those days. And then you'll get to the point where you have those days built into your week. I was talking with an entrepreneur the other day. We were on a collaboration call and planning an upcoming collaboration. And she was like, yeah, one of my team members the other day was like, go eat. And she was like, I don't need to eat. I'm just going to keep. And she's like, go eat. And I'm like, yes. And it was funny because at the same time, not at like a day or two before, Alan, my husband was like, Courtney, do you even schedule yourself a lunch break? And I was like, huh, no, I don't. And he's like, uh, and who's in control of your calendar? You are, right? And I'm like, yeah. So I really went in, literally, I went into my Bookify account and I scheduled myself off between 12 and 1 every day so that I could eat lunch. Because what was happening was on my call days, people were booking, 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 and I wasn't even able to like take a break and eat lunch. So all of this to say, you are the leader of your business. No one is making you work as much as you're working except you. And that can be a hard truth for some people to swallow. And I understand if it is. But nothing's going to change until you start doing something differently. And so expecting things to change and expecting the sky just to magically part and for you to suddenly have all this space on your calendar is not going to happen unless you begin to put these structural limits in place. So... If you were following me on Instagram and you saw one of my Instagram stories I shared recently, I had a to-do list. It was a story where I shared like all the calls that I had for that day. And it was like five calls. That was very intentional. I had already had my buffer days that week. So when you have those buffer days, you're energized. You're ready for days like that. And on those call days, for me, I book that very intentionally so that I can show up be present, be available, have those calls, and then be done. And it's not scattered all throughout the week. So I have these solid chunks of time to work and then chunks of time to focus on clients and leads and sales and all of that stuff. Another tip here, if you're using a booking software like Calendly or one of the ones I've mentioned, put a max number of appointments per day. For me, my max is three. I had five calls last week. It was honestly too many. So every once in a while, I exceed that number. Do I regret it when I do? Yes. But I know that three really is my sweet spot. For you, it might be less, it might be more, but you can set your calendar to only allow that number of appointments per day. So do you see how this works? I know these hacks are counterintuitive. It's not me sitting here telling you, do this on Monday, do this on Tuesday, do this on Wednesday, and here's your beautiful calendar because I'm not here to help you get more done. You don't need to get more done. You're not keeping up as it is. This is really designed to help you get better at setting boundaries in your business so that you can experience more balance in your business and spend your time in your zone of genius as the visionary leader of your company. And so what these structural limitations do is it forces you to only say yes to working on what's really important to grow your business. So If at this point you're like, okay, Courtney, I'm on board, but what about all the other work? What about the backlog? What about the stuff that I won't be able to get to because now I have less time to get to it because I have all these structural limitations in place? First of all, you need to assess all of those things and see if they're actually things that are helping you grow your business. And if they're not, delete them altogether. If you can, delegate them. 
If you have a team, they should be handling some of that stuff for you. I guarantee you there's stuff on your list right now that you're doing that your team could be doing for you. So take a look from that lens and see, okay, what is it that I absolutely have to do? Like for me, I have to show up and record a podcast interview. I can't have a team member do it for me because it has to be my voice on that recording. But I can have a team member process that interview and optimize that transcript and help facilitate all the things that go into publishing that episode. So what are the things that only you can do and what are the things that you can get support in? And if you don't have a team, because I get that there are people out there right now who are struggling with this because you're either new in business or maybe you just don't have the resources available yet to hire people, then give yourself time. Maybe it's an evening a week. Maybe it's a Saturday a month. Keep it very limited, but allow yourself a block of time to focus on catching up on your backlog. Don't go start working every Saturday This is not permission for you to start working every weeknight and every weekend, but within reason, sometimes if that's your only option and you have to get it done to get caught up, then blocking off a specific focused block of time to focus on those things, to focus on getting caught up could be a solution there. So I have a mastermind program called the Visionary Leader Incubator, and we teach systems like this for every area of your business. And so I actually was talking with one of my students last week and she was like, Courtney, she said, when I first joined this program, I had absolutely no idea the depth of what you would be teaching. She said, I knew you were going to teach us the four systems that every business owner needs, which I'll share with you are visibility, which has to do with your marketing and how visible you are, sales, which has to do with revenue coming into your business, and then on the back end of your business, deliverability, how are you delivering on what you are promising to your students and clients, and operations, which is like the glue that holds everything else together and keeps it flowing smoothly. She was like, so being kind of new in business myself, I knew that I didn't want to have to figure all that out on my own, and she was like, that's why I wanted to be part of this so I could learn this. She said, but oh my gosh, after having gone through this content, she said, first of all, You should be charging triple for this. I would have paid triple for this because you have helped me streamline and structure my business from the inside out. And I feel so confident now that I can operate and run my business like a true business owner rather than floundering around every day just trying to keep up with it all. So if you're someone who is watching this, if you're listening on the podcast, if you're catching this on the replay on Instagram and you feel like you need some help in those areas and you wish that you had easy systems to follow and processes in place for you and for your team, then I invite you to apply to that program. You can get the link at the link in my bio or the link in the show notes on the podcast. And let's talk about it because you don't need to continue running yourself into the ground to try to grow your business. That's not why you got into business in the first place. And business can feel effortless. And I know right now it probably feels like a lot of work, but the reason is because you're not focused on your zone of genius. You're not focused on the work that actually lights you up. The work that doesn't feel like work because you love it. The work that you got into business for in the first place. So if that's something you would like my help with, I would love to help you and just go apply at the link either in the show notes or in my bio and we can talk more about that. Okay, so if you learned something new today, 
I want to hear from you personally. I want you to take your phone out right now, open up your Instagram, follow me there, at the Courtney Elmer if you aren't following me already, and send me a DM. Let me know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. And bonus points, if you screenshot this episode and you share it to your stories and you tag me, I will then feature you on my Instagram and share you and your name and your brand with my community of nearly 7,000 entrepreneurs. So coming up next week on the show, we have got a special guest joining us who's going to show you a little insider secret about podcasting that's going to get you in front of your ideal audience instantly, whether you have a podcast of your own or not, so that you can get more visible and grow your brand more quickly. And you already know, chances are, if you have listened to this show for any length of time, you know that podcasting is a marketing system that is near and dear to my heart because of how great an impact it can make on your business in such a short amount of time. Because imagine how much more successful could you be if you could just reach more people with what you have to offer. So join me back here next week for more on that. And until then, go live your effortless life. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 